Hi, everyone. This is James Marino. On a special Saturday episode of Broadway Radio, I want to give you a story of hope and a return to theater. A few months ago, I saw this great feature in the New York Times about Seacoast Rep. It's a year-round producing theater located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And in the midst of a global pandemic, Ben Hart and Brandon James, who are the artistic directors, didn't miss a beat. They were ordered to close on March 15th, 2020. On March 17th, 2020, the Seacoast Rep team did their first live stream and committed to serving their mission safely. Seacoast Rep reopened to live audiences July 4th, 2020 and continues to present live and hybrid theater today. The conversation you're about to hear was recorded on February 17th, 2021. Okay, so uh, we are chatting with the artistic directors of uh, Seacoast Rep. So, uh, Ben and Brandon, we should say Ben Hart and Brandon James, actually, so... Ben, why don't you say hello so we get an uh, audio on which one is Ben? Hello. And Brandon, James? Uh, I am Brandon. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's so great to talk to you guys. Uh, Tell me about Seacoast Rep. Where are you located? Uh, so we are uh, right on the water in uh, in beautiful historic Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, and the theater the theater has been around uh, since the seventies, um, reincorporated under a new name in the late eighties. But the theater has been around, um, started by a group of Broadway professionals uh, in the seventies. So you guys are co artistic directors. Correct. We are. Yes. How long you've been doing that? Um, so Ben and I actually grew up around here. We were children in the educational department of this yes. theater and then went off, you know, did our life for a number of years um, and came back about six years ago as directors and designers um, and have, you know, through the years just gotten involved more and more in the organization. I and think we've been in just about every role <laughs> and position in this theater before. <laughs> yeah, but we've been uh, artistic directors uh, for about a year and a half now or two years, actually. Uh, just about two years. Yeah. yeah. Great. So you came in just in time for the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> did you plan that? We did not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two years ago, you guys are coming in and you've got a huge experience up there growing up in the area. Yeah. Uh, did you come in with uh, what, what were your plans coming in and what were you thinking about? Oh, I mean, you know, we had, you know, great plans of, of uh, you know, six years ago when we when we returned, the theater was sort of on its way out. It was on the brink of bankruptcy and a new team had come in to sort of breathe new life into the organization. Um, and so for the last five or six years, this this theater has been on an upward trajectory, um, rebuilding our place in the community where, you know, we're a full time professional regional house. We <clears throat> produce over 350 performances a year. Um, and you know, our goal was to keep heading up, um, you know, the quality of our shows has just absolutely skyrocketed mm-hmm. in the last, uh, three or four years. And we've just been on a fabulous trajectory until, you know, of course the <laughs> wall that everyone in the industry hit. But you guys are, uh, you, you guys are doing something, uh, very progressive and different here. So tell us about your, uh, 2021 season. You, you've called it recover. Yes, indeed. So tell us uh, why. Um, so uh, a little piece of it is, you know, for the recovery of the massive financial hit that, uh, this past year has been for us and the entire industry, but it's also, 
um, the recovery of our mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. And I mean that in terms of the entire community and the species as a, and as a species on this planet, we really have come to believe that the arts are a vital part of the fabric of humanity and, and something that has been, it's been talked about somewhat, but I think has flown under the radar a lot during the pandemic has been the mental health of the community. People's mental health has really suffered. Um, and we see the arts, we see theater as an antidote to that suffering. We have had uh, patrons come to us. Um, we've been live streaming through the pandemic and we can talk about that a bit as well, but we've been able to stay alive through 2020. And the people who came to us in those times that said, thank you, this is what I needed. I, uh, you know, I was happier today. We, we've literally um, had people thank us for uh, uh, stopping them from thinking about suicide. And, and really, I mean, we've had people who have been healed during the pandemic because we were able to stay open and continue to provide art at a time when no one was producing anything. So in 2021, we wanted to spread the message that art is vital. Art is not optional. Art is not something that should be swept under the table. In fact, we are frontline workers uh, in the, you know, in the, in an industry that helps with people's mental health and well-being. And so uh, you mentioned that you've been stream, uh, streaming through the throughout the whole pandemic, but you're now also going to have in-person audiences. Indeed. Yeah. So um, when the pandemic hit, um, we were shut down. We were told to shut down on March 15th of last year. Um, on March 17th, um, our team had gotten together on, on the seven, on March 17th, we did our first, um, live stream production. Um, our team got together, uh, on the 15th when we were told to shut down and, and we all said, okay, we, we have a, we, we are committed to this mission and we were told we can't have live audiences, but nobody said we cannot produce theater and continue serving our mission. So, the challenge here in like a comp cooking competition, they have that unconventional challenge where they say, make an omelet, but you can't use eggs. you got to use Skittles and, and white bread. We had to say, how do we produce theater without an audience? Because, you know, that's the egg to the omelet. Um, and we have this amazing team of unicorns who's worked here. And a number of us have had uh, streaming experience in radio and in television, um, internet streaming. And within 48 hours from the time we were shut down, we had pivoted our entire business model. We re, uh, we refitted the theater, the lighting and the sound had to change. Um, we acquired equipment and set up, you know, accounts. And by the 17th of March, within two days, we had a 24 hour uh, live radio streaming uh, set up and we were producing four to five uh, classes or review shows or cabarets a day. Um, we had a team of 10 staff members, um, artists and technicians and crew people who committed to quarantine together for most of the pandemic, um, Lara threw into the fall. We had our company manager doing grocery shopping for everyone. Um, people either lived together or alone and only came to the theater. Most of the folks that committed to this didn't see their parents or, or you know, close loved ones for months and months. Um, because we were committed to to keeping you know the community served and and this mission that we have to enrich 
the culture and the community through the shared experience of live theater. Um, and we were in a very unique position to have a rep company performers that we had already had hired and in place. These were performers that were on uh, all of our shows, um, uh, which is sort of an old school model of having a rep company, resident artists. Um, but that meant we had this core that could stay on and were already being paid and weren't outside hires, weren't mm -hmm. from New York that needed housing. They were living here and already creating art with us. And, and where other theaters had, you know, where other theaters in the industry, their their staff consisted of advertising and marketing and box office and, and admin level stuff. Where we had this rep model in place, our staff were our artists. So we were in a unique position in that we were able to still produce art. And, you know, with all of the, with most of the government funding, a lot of those had restrictions that you couldn't let go or fire your people. So we had a team of artists and crew and technicians um, that were committed to this mission and, and have um, kept us afloat. We have not closed Unlike the entire rest of this industry, the Seacoast Repertory Theater never closed um, in, in the pandemic. We certainly have closed to live audiences, um, but we, we've been producing um, since day one of the pandemic. Um, we reopened to live audiences. Um, we luckily live in a, in a place in the country where numbers are very low, um, you know, pre the winter spike. Um, we were, we were weeks and weeks where we had zero uh, cases of COVID in our community. So, uh, we were able to reopen come um, around July 4th weekend. We started having audiences of Very you know, small. six yeah. to nine folks right. would come in. Um, but we are, you know, we are open to very socially distanced audiences. Um, we are presenting a hybrid model. We have, um, you know, less than 30% of our house is able to be sold due to social distancing requirements. Um, but we are live streaming almost every um title in our season. So you can watch from home if you're not comfortable. Um, and, and with that hybrid model, we're able to get to closer to our normal numbers because, you know, we have our limited audience in-house, but then we have, you know, another 40, 50 plus right. every night on the live stream. So we're able to get closer to our, our normal numbers uh, with this hybrid model. Let's uh, talk about I, I'm seeing three shows in your season, The Fantastics, Next to Normal, and something. Sto Stokely and Martin and Nevaeh. Yeah, so part of our uh, COVID policies and procedures is that we are, we took a page out of um, the book of a, a business mentor of ours who runs an office, and he had created three different teams in his office that worked, you know, in the height of the pandemic when when people weren't allowed to gather in large groups. Um, he had three teams in his office and between each team, they would come in and deep clean the space and, and run the air exchange system. And so we sort of took that idea and we returned to an old repertory model being a repertory theater, um, much like Summerstock, we are presenting two to three titles in each block. So right now, you know, typically in a normal year, we would be presenting one show that would last, uh, you know, an eight to nine week run. Well, in this eight to nine weeks right now, we're presenting three smaller cast titles. Um, and largely these casts are separate. They are, there's, you know, a little bit of crossover with some technicians, but largely these, these casts are separate and we're able to, so, so if, if a cast or a cast member uh, has an exposure to COVID, you know, we have two other pieces of, of theater to present to the, to the, to the community, um, 
So yes, right now we are producing uh, Stokely and Martin and Nevaeh's brother. Uh, these are two one-act plays presented in the same evening, um, written by the uh, curator of our soul series, Naji Brown. Um, and they are exquisite pieces of theater, um, as well as Next to Normal and The Fantastics. Next to Normal and The Fantastics are musicals. Is the third one a musical as well? Uh, they are straight plays, but there is uh, there is music in them. Um, in the first the first act, uh, Stokely and Martin, it is a, a fictional conversation based on a real conversation that happened between Martin Luther King Jr. and Stokely Carmichael of the Black Panther power movement. Um, and so there are um, there are a few uh, Negro spirituals that are sung in the piece. Uh, as part of it. So it's, it, they are straight plays, but there are musical elements in them. And Nevaeh's brother act two is a contemporary uh, piece of contemporary fiction, sort of a, it's a love story between a brother and a sister who get together for an evening. Um, it's totally hilarious, but also very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful story. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know this and I'm afraid to ask uh, are are you guys using pre-recorded music for the musicals? For or? the musicals? No, we have a live band. Um, oh, excellent! Yeah, no, we have we have live bands that are separated from the casts. Um, oh, excellent. We, the Fantastics. We have our harp player on stage with the cast, mm-hmm. but um, the bands typically have a different entrance. Um, they are very; they're largely separate, and mm-hmm. we pipe them in from another location in the building. Um, we have video and audio connection between the cast and the music and the band, um, but we have a we do have a, a full live bands for both productions. Ah, uh, and so I'm seeing on your website that the Fantastics started on February 12th. Yes. Uh, and so that's uh, going on right now. A little bit of a lump in the throat when you when you hear "Try to Remember." Every time, <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's just it's wonderful that you guys are are making it happen for uh, for your theater company. Um, uh, would anybody mind if we stole you and brought your whole crew to New York to reopen Broadway because we, we need people <laughs> like you? Uh, it really you know it really you know so much of what we're doing is yes we have a mission to serve but we really you know part of what we're doing you know it's this sounds grandiose but we really do look at what we're doing as a bit of activism and and a bit of uh, showing folks the community the industry that this absolutely can still happen live theater can be produced in a safe way i mean you know, we early in the pandemic, we partnered with a um, a lab that creates rapid COVID tests. So we have uh, we have tests on site. We have extensive COVID policies and procedures. We've been uh, applauded by the state attorney general, who is using our guidelines as a way for other in, uh, businesses in this industry to reopen. We've sat on governor's task forces, um, creating the legislation and the health and health department guidelines on reopening. Um, when, when the Actors' Equity Guidelines finally came out, we found that most of them totally matched ours, and we often exceeded mm-hmm. some of the things they had in place. That's great. And, and really, you know, the, the actors uh, are committed. You know, everybody wants to get back to work. Yeah. So, you know, our policies and our procedures, they, they, they may seem intense, but this is the new world we live in. And, you know, committing to small social circles outside of the theater and, um, you know, isolation, quarantine periods and and regular testing. It's, you know, it's part of, it's a small sacrifice that we have to pay to 
be able to do this right now. And until things change, this is, you know, it can be done. It can be done. <laughs> so you guys were lucky enough to be featured in the New York Times uh, this past May. Uh, how did that come about? And was it a, a shock to the system up there? It was, you know, one of the, you know, this, this area of the, of the country is so culturally rich. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. so much talent up, up in this region, but we largely have fallen under the radar on the national scene. Um, You know, much to our chagrin, we're, you know, we're out here creating blockbuster, amazing work. And where we feel like we're constantly screaming into this (laughs) void of, you know, Hey everyone, look over here. Cause there's some really, really great stuff happening. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it took, you know, the decimation of the industry <laughs> for, for um, some of the larger, you know, we were on NBC and, and we had uh, the New York Times article came out um, and it, it really has, has gotten us some great recognition. Um, it, it's really alerted folks on a national level to our organization and to the work that we're doing. Um, which has been super exciting. And also the development of our live streaming systems, even after the pandemic, another silver lining is Mm -hmm. that we have the ability to create incredibly high quality recordings of the work we do. So, you know, when we create the next big Broadway bound musical that we have the rights to, we can, Mm -hmm. you know, stream it wherever we want, we can get it out there. So that's another, uh, just great thing that has come out of all of this. So is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you want to let the world know about? Oh, jeez, uh, That's always I would, a tricky question. <laughs> I don't think so. Except inviting people to see our live yeah. streams. We'd love people to watch them. So where can people watch the live streams? Tell us about that. Uh, so you can visit our website, seacoastrep.org. Um, and, and on the front page, you'll find links to our live in-person uh, ticket sales and also all of our live streams. And we were lucky enough, uh, most of the titles that we're offering yep. this season are available for live stream, uh, with the exception of, I think, two titles this season. Almost everything is available for live stream. So, you know, Peter Pan, Jekyll and Hyde, Cruel Intentions, um, uh, Pippin, Pippin Godspell. Godspell. We've got some yep. some really great, great titles coming up this season. season and... Um, uh, all most of it is available for live stream if you're not ready to come back to the theater. Wow, that's really great. You guys are doing amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. So Ben Hart and Brandon James are the artistic directors of the Seacoast Repertory Theater, and uh, we'll have information for uh, the Repertory Theater in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Thank you so much for visiting with us. We wish you all the best. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having us, James. Yeah.